If you believe that five calories from a cup of coffee is what is taking you to the next level with your physical performance, then by golly, we have 300 episodes of Grower Die podcast you must listen to before this one. What is happening? Everybody? Welcome back to your favorite podcast, the Gordai Podcast. I am your host, Justin Mahaley, and today I am going to destroy the notion that caffeine gives you energy because it, in fact, does not. Send this to a friend that's going to be triggered and wait for the reaction. Share it with me. I'll see you inside. One of our most viral reels was when I discussed the notion that caffeine doesn't give you energy. And people were so angry and heated up about it. So I figured, let's get them even more triggered. Let's do an entire podcast on why caffeine, which is in coffee, which I have right here in my hand if you're watching on YouTube, it's not giving me energy. So what is it actually doing? Well, it's not giving a true metabolic energetic boost. There's just no usable chemical energy to the body. Unfortunately, this cup isn't actually supplying my body with a single chemical that gives it energy. Now, energy has to be able to be generated via ATP through cellular respiration. Coffee doesn't do that. Any perceived energy gain stems from neural signaling effects on focus, on alertness, and fatigue, but without augmenting any caloric availability from dietary sources, you just can't say there's a single drop of energy in this thing. Now, there's a widespread misconception that caffeine's metabolic impact are more nuanced than just neural effects. So I figured... To understand caffeine's biological effects, let's go ahead and do a deep dive. It's rapidly absorbed through the GI tract. It crosses the blood-brain barrier due to its lipophilic properties, and it reaches peak plasma levels in about 30 minutes post-ingestion. Some people, 120 minutes, but it kind of depends on your dependency, how much caffeine you use. It's half-life is about two and a half hours, could be 10 hours. Most people, it's about six hours. Now, it's a psychostimulant. This happens by antagonizing the adenosine receptors in the CNS, the central nervous system. So it just binds to some, some adenosine receptors, and those are obviously found abundantly in the brain. And this exhibits its functions in the brain, um, actuation of sleep drive, which I chatted about in the sleep podcast. It completely shuts that off, um, promotes vasodilation, inhibits dopaminergic activity, suppresses cortical activity through interactions with neurons. And this is all while it's just simply competing for more and more binding sites. So the more caffeine you take in, kind of, the, yeah, the greater effect you're going to have. Now, after a certain point of caffeine intake, and this is going to be dependent on everybody, it will actually counteract some of these effects and it'll start promoting vasoconstriction. So your blood vessels are going to essentially tighten in nature. Um, it doesn't allow you to accumulate sleep pressure. 
So this is why we don't want to have caffeine within six, seven, eight hours before bed. Because the reality of caffeine is this will single-handedly cause you anxiety. It'll single-handedly cause you sleep disruptions. It'll single-handedly cause you a host of neural infractions that are just not conducive whatsoever. Yet that being said, like any drug, if it's used appropriately, it's going to give you a host of benefit. So let's say you're like me and you have a decently high caffeine intake on the day, averaging around 250 milligrams per day. For me, that's a lot. For some of you, you might be 600, 700. I would not suggest. Let's add theanine to the equation. Theanine is phenomenal. It promotes relaxation without causing any drowsiness whatsoever. It does increase the production of GABA, yet if it's not dark outside, then GABA is not going to have much drowsy-like effect. It's just going to calm the brain, which is essentially what you know GABA wants to do. So you can counterbalance the stimulating effects of caffeine because it's almost like adding a relaxant to your coffee. You might be like, well, doesn't that do the opposite? Absolutely not. Theanine can actually enhance the mental focus and cognitive performance um, simply just due to the fact that caffeine, period, is going to increase alertness. It's going to increase attention. Calming effects of theanine, period, are going to manage the potential anxiety and some other negative effects like jitters that people can experience with caffeine. So... They're both naturally found in tea. And what I find fascinating in the pharmacological world is when two independent supplements are found in a synchronicity in nature, it typically means they're going to be a really, really, really good pair. So if you switch from coffee to tea, which I would highly recommend first thing in the morning, you can actually get this effect and you notice how if you have 200 milligrams of caffeine from tea versus coffee, there is a vastly different experience that you're going to have. Now, people believe that caffeine can enhance physical and mental energy levels. The good news, we have data that suggests that it greatly can enhance our physical output. And I think that's why people think that caffeine gives you energy. And I'm not here to burst your bubble. I'm just simply here to educate. One of the greatest precursors of how well you're going to perform physically is simply by how highly performing mentally you are. So if you have better alertness and better focus, then you're going to simply be on your A game from a physicality standpoint much greater than if you don't have those things. Perceived stimulation differs from actual metabolic energy provision. So again, caffeine will make you feel alert. It does not generate cellular energy by any means of ATP synthesis, of fat metabolism, or of glycogen metabolism. There are no digestible calories or usable chemical energy. And someone's going to be like, well, there's five calories per cup of coffee. If you believe that five calories from a cup of coffee is what is taking you to the next level with your physical performance, then by golly, we have 300 episodes of Grower Die podcast you must listen to before this one. Now, 
physiological energetic effects. It does not enhance peak power. It does not enhance total work capacity. We have strength. We have high intensity performance that show no significant improvement with acute pre-workout caffeine supplementation. So evidence does indicate that caffeine can spare muscle glycogen utilization and increase fatty acid mobilization during endurance exercise. And this can in fact lead to greater ATP synthesis, which can in fact turn into having greater physical performance. Yet, this is different from being directly caused by caffeine. Any ergogenic effects that stems from perceived exertion, whatever it may be, is all going to be from CNS simulation and the response of your nervous system. There's also a notion that could refute that caffeine provides energy through any thermogenic effect as well. I truly believe this to be true also due to the fact that, again, when you take caffeine, you just feel a little bit more excited. You just feel like you have a little bit more focus. You feel maybe that a little bit, maybe of an anxious tick, and you add that to a high competitive drive. And that nervous system effect is what's going to push you further into simply giving more effort. Yet, again, this is different than caffeine actually being what does that for you. From a pharmacological standpoint, it can't possibly make your actual performance better from a physiological notion. It can increase it from a mental performance perspective, which is exactly what I want to chat about in this podcast. What's fascinating, caffeine does not increase lipid turnover or fat oxidation, yet if you ask anyone who's ever done a contest prep and they used caffeine versus They had to cut out caffeine for whatever reason, maybe clenbuterol usage or something like that. There's a large difference in how much progress you make, which again stems back to what I was previously discussing. So caffeine's not necessarily going to give you like weight loss, yet its side effects can have a side effect of increased caloric burn. This cup is giving you no energy. Now, It can make you dependent. You can have withdrawals of it. If you have habitual intake, I do. Tolerance builds up quite rapidly. This obviously requires more and more and more exposure to achieve the same perceived stimulation. This exemplifies exactly what homeostasis is because the brain is going to counter the pharmacological disruption of adenosine signaling. With that, grab your coffee and have a sip with me. Now you can go into the office and educate everyone why caffeine does not give you energy. I'll see you next time.